Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 15. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Romans, chapter 15. The book of Romans, chapter 15, and give me an amen once you are there. And Father, we are grateful again to you, the one true living God. You're the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob. The God of the Apostle Peter, James, and John. The God of Paul the Apostle. Lord, we are here by your grace, and we are so grateful. Father, as we study your word, may your Holy Spirit guide us and teach us New things, Lord, fresh things for today. You know, everyone's heart in this place, those who are watching, you know our needs, Lord, and we pray that you would guide us, that you would meet our needs, speak to us, Lord. Give us your meekness, Jesus. Help us to be humble and to receive from you your living word. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. So in our story, as you know, the Apostle Paul has been speaking about Christian liberties. And the question is often asked with new believers once they give their life to Jesus. Now that we are followers of Christ, what are we still allowed to do, right? Can we still party hardy? Can we still watch certain movies? You know, this talk about liberties is something that happens for new believers. And with the church at Rome, there there was the same thing going on there. It's the capital of the known world at the time that Paul wrote this. And you have people from various backgrounds, various uh, religious beliefs that they have left and have come to Christ. And so how do they, with their different uh, backgrounds and sensitivities, how do they live as one as believers in Christ now? And uh, some of the issues of the early church were things that perhaps you might think are not that important, like what foods are allowed to, to be eaten, what drinks are allowed to be drunk, and uh, what days should one worship the Lord in? But these were real issues in the early church with so, many, so much diversity. And so there were Christians who uh, believed that they can eat meat that had been sacrificed prior to getting to the meat markets. The animal was sacrificed to these pagan gods and the meat was then sold. And there were Christians who had no problem eating that meat and buying it at a discount price at the local meat market. To them, those idols were nothing. They're the imagination of men's hearts. God is the true God. They can they had no problem eating the meat. And then there were other Christians who, you know, were more sensitive and, and did not have that kind of freedom. And so to them, the idea of eating meat that had been previously offered to an idol made them stumble. And so 
they, they weren't having it. And so all they ate were vegetables, lest by accident they had some meat that had been uh, offered uh, to idols. Some Christians believe they can worship the Lord on any day, and others believe, no, it had to be on the Sabbath, on the seventh day. And so they made a, a deal about worshiping the Lord on Saturday when others believed it was on Sunday, the day the Lord was resurrected. And and so, uh, you know, and then there were some Christians who, who drank wine, and there were others who did not drink because it made them stumble for various reasons. But there's a couple things that we learn from chapter 14 that the Lord lets us know through Paul. And number one is, don't condemn each other, for God has received us. So whether one ate the meat or didn't eat the meat, whether one drank the wine or didn't drink the wine, whether one worshiped on one day or another, God has received them. They're believers. They're in the family. God has received them, so we ought to receive them and not to condemn them. If you do eat and drink, don't condemn those who don't. And if you don't eat and drink, don't condemn those who do. That's what God clearly says. That's one of the lessons there. Some esteem one day over another, and that's okay. Don't condemn each other for it. That clearly was taught. In verse 13, the the second point that uh, the Lord makes through Paul is in verse 13 where Paul says, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. So first, don't condemn. And secondly, resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. The second point, don't do anything that'll make your brother stumble. And that is the key to Christian liberties. In verse 20, Paul would say, Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. And so our life as Christians now isn't about eating and drinking and our appetites. It isn't about us anymore. It's about living a life that yields to the will of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins. He gave of himself fully so that you and I can be saved from our sins. He saved us from going to hell. And he has loved us. He has been merciful to us. He has given us his Holy Spirit. And then he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Just like he said to the disciples. So our lives now are to be lived in him and for him. It's no longer about the self-life. And so that's what verse 20 speaks about. Don't destroy the work of God for the sake of food, right? So uh, the kingdom of God, Paul would say, is not eating and drinking. It's not about our appetites, but rather it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit as believers. We're not living for what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear. 
Where am I going to go? It's all about Christ now. Now, he is our Lord and Savior. And he says that the kingdom of God is about righteousness. That means right living before God, to live rightly before God. And second, to have peace, peace with God and peace with one another. And thirdly, joy in the Holy Spirit. How we need to have more joy in these days. We need more of it, more of it. And it comes by the Holy Spirit and yielding ourselves to the Lord. For he who serves Christ in, in, in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. God accepts us and loves when we live to walk in his righteous ways, when we live to have peace with him and others, and to have joy in the Holy Spirit. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12 through 13, But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. And here's Paul coming from a place of full devotion to God. He was touched by the Lord, saved from the pit of hell. And his heart is, I don't want to do anything that'll make my brother stumble. I don't want to do it. And he says, just a radical statement. If eating meat makes him stumble, then I'll never eat meat again. Now, I'm not sure that he stopped eating meat forever, but his heart was, as a believer, my will is to do his will. It's to honor God and to help build up his church, not break it down over eating and drinking, but build it up. And he says, just a radical statement, if meat makes him stumble, I'll never eat it again. Lord, help us to have that heart, right? It's like super. And then it ends, chapter 14 and verse 22, do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves, right? If you can handle it and you're blessed and you have faith and you're not condemned, happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith for whatever is not from faith is sin. And that's the topic. And so we continue in verse 1 of chapter 15. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification, for even Christ did not please himself. And so it says here, then we who are strong, and it was defined in the previous chapter with the stronger brother or sister was. It was he or she that was less sensitive to uh, to these questionable liberties. And the weaker brother or sister were those who were extra sensitive and had an issue with these things. And so Paul is saying here that the stronger ought to bear with the scruples of the weak. The word scruples is, a, I think, a very cool-sounding word, scruples. I told first service that I got to mix it in some way in my daily language. Scruples, scruples. It's, de- it's defined as to doubt, right? It's something that's, that's, that, that is, it's doubtful, and it's, it's, 
It's the hesitation from the difficulty of deciding what is good and expedient. It's when someone has a problem discerning what is okay for them to do. That's a scruple. They have a doubt. And so what Paul is saying is for you who are more mature, that who are stronger, and it doesn't bother you, bear with the scruples of the weak, right? Don't, don't try to push your angle. Don't try to push your opinion. Just love on them. Bear with them. Don't be about pleasing yourself, for even Christ did not please himself. We are obligated, biblically, to love those that are weak in their sensitivities and their consciences and not to make them stumble. We are to please our neighbor for their good and for their edification. And that is basic Christianity. And that right there really teaches us what really the basic fundamentals of our faith, right? Love God with all your heart and then love your neighbor as yourself. It isn't about what you want. It isn't about what I want. It's about just loving your neighbor and edifying them. They may not have, not everybody has the knowledge of this book equally. We're all at different stages, right? Some of us are new to the faith. Some of us have been walking for a long time. Some of us have read this, uh, you know, uh, faithfully, so you know more, you understand more. This book and you have been tight, and so you know more. But not everyone in the body of Christ has been blessed with the kind of teaching that we have received from Calvary Chapels and Chuck Smith, where they go through the whole book. And and it's beautiful to go through the whole book because Jesus said in the volume of the book, it is written of me. In the volume of it, both Old and New Testament speak of Jesus, and it gives us knowledge and understanding for life and godliness. Jesus is the Word made flesh. It is the word. And so all of this information, not everybody has that. So you're going to, you're going to encounter brothers and sisters who have more sensitivity to their consciences concerning liberties. They, they're not at liberty to take the liberties that you may have or not have. And so God is saying, do what's best for them and not for yourself. And if we're like, hold, 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 hold it. I have always cared about my appetite, what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, and what I'm going to wear. But like Jesus said, these are the things that the Gentiles worry about. But when we seek God, we yield to his will, and we're able to yield to the scruples of the weak, because that's Christ-like. And that's what Paul said, even uh, Christ, for even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written... The reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. The Lord did not please himself. He did everything for your sakes and mine. And it really is the fundamental truth of who we are to be. We aren't to live for ourselves anymore. We're to live for God we're not to seek how uh, we can please ourselves, right? Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. 
you know, and not to please ourselves. There's too many of us in the body of Christ that are still living to please themselves. They haven't truly, fully yielded to the Lord. And I'm, I'm right there with them all. There's a lot of me that still needs to die. There's a lot of me that still needs to surrender. I'm right there with all of you and whoever's watching. More of me needs to die. Jesus said that very thing. If we want to follow him, we must die to ourselves. Take up our cross and follow him. That means that, you know, we have our ideas, we have our schedules, we have our conveniences, we have our hobbies, we have our life. But what is that now? It's like, Lord, our lives are yours. Now, here's my life. And and you can still have those things, but may they be in the light of his will that we've that we've sought the Lord. What do you what would you have me to do? And then he would say, Love one another as I have loved you. He gave himself for the church. And so we should care uh, for the scruples of the weak. And, and today, in today's age, just in thinking about this and meditating on it, you know, I went to uh, El Salvador and there's a, a, a lot of mask wearing there. And I remember going to Mexico on a short-term mission trip and there's a lot of mask wearing there. And here in our country with the COVID push and the CDC telling everybody to mask up and to lock down. And we went through that for two and something years. And there were those within the body of Christ who thought it was best to stay home and to wear a mask as much as possible. And and uh, some had a real issue with those who would, who did not have the same convictions. You know, we know that the left is calling those who don't mask up, what, grandma killers or whatever. So it got really nasty in the media and in the world. But within the church, there was a divide. It wasn't like we're throwing blows and, but it was beneath the surface, you know, and then there were, there were others and including me who, you know, I, I think as a pastor, my job is to, uh, not just, uh, study the things of, of the scriptures, but also know the times that we're living in. So as a pastor, it was, a, it was great to get information from other pastors that were discerning and, and they were getting information. And then you, you saw the censorship right away and you saw other doctors and lawyers and, and scientists who were being censored. And it was everywhere if, but you had to look for it because it was being, you had to look for it. And so with that knowledge, I came not with just like one kind of, offbeat, weird person that said it. It was a plethora of information all coming in from all over the world that was being censored here. And if people just listen to CNN, I mean, that's just, that's a Democrat party. They want to talk about science. They don't even believe that a, that the baby in the womb is a different person. So with the information that we, I was privy to, I came up here and you know, I shared from the pulpit. This information is out there as well. And so people were able to decide for themselves what they wanted to do. But today, what happens if you get invited to dinner and they, you know, to someone's home, a brother or sister, and they, you know, their convictions is to wear a mask. You can think, well, the knowledge, you know, on the box it says, chill with the knowledge because not everybody knows this book like you do. Not everybody 
knows of, of conservative outlets that are out there. The Newsmax, the NTD, the Epoch Times, Fox, and especially other countries. It's CNN and BBC, man. CNN, Communist News Network. You know, so you have to like understand that within the body of Christ, if God has blessed us with information, the best thing to do is to love your neighbor as yourself. If you're invited somewhere, are you not going to wear the mask if they want you to wear the mask in their home? I would. I would. Because the Bible says to do so, to love them. And the fact is that people don't care what we know until they know that we care about them. So love people and with the knowledge that you have, you know. It says don't dispute, don't fight over it. Doesn't mean you can't edify them and sharing with them some of the things that you've learned that they may have not learned. But anyways, if you wear a mask, don't judge those who don't. And if you don't wear a mask, don't judge those who do. Does that make sense? I mean, it's applicable for today. Some people are also into boycotting things, which is cool. I get on my boycott stuff. (laughs) I get on it sometimes myself. That's it. You know, cola, Disney, Starbucks, on and on and on and on and on. And I get it. I get on that sometimes. The Holy Spirit will guide us. But... You know, come to think about it, if you go down that road, we probably will have to boycott every company on the planet. Because it's a fallen world. Most companies are led by fallen, undiscerned spiritual people. They're fallen. Why do we expect them to be like holy companies or whatever? You know, so if the Lord leads you to boycott, go for it. I'm with you. If the Lord leads you not to boycott, go for it. I'm with you too. I'm just, it's too much. Want to check the tag on your shirt? Who made it? Hmm? Who made, who made our shoes? Who, you know, you're going to, you know, who do they donate money to? What wicked cause do they donate money? It, it will go on and on and on. I'm not drinking Starbucks, man. You know, and then you're, then you are. <laughs> Just let everyone be convinced in their own mind and don't say, oh, you know, they went to Disneyland. I can't believe it. You know, Star Wars, you know, lost their mind. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to, like, watch the old Star Wars with my kids. You know, it reminds me of uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 25 through 26. He said, eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. If any of those who do not believe invites you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is said before you, asking no question for conscience sake. It's like you go to a restaurant, right? About to chow down on your burger and somebody says, do you know who the owner, what the owner of this company is doing? It's like, no, nor do I care. I'm just eating a burger. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm not naive to the wickedness of the world. I'm not naive. All right? Like when someone says they're wicked, they're wicked. This company did this. This company did that. It's like it's the same. It's we're in the world. Jesus said this as he prayed for the disciples in John 17. He said, I have given them your word. 17, uh, John 17, 14 through 15. I have given them your word. He's praying to the Father. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We are-